You are listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. To learn more about CRCC, including worship times, visit us at crcconline.com. Good morning. How y'all doing? I just want to let you know I am not Pastor Mickey Clark. My name is Bobby Chapman, and I know what you're thinking this morning. You're thinking, good Lord, how did the sound guy get the microphone, and what is he about to do? Well, Pastor Mickey asked me a couple weeks ago if I would speak this morning on his behalf while he is coming back from a conference that he was able to speak at. And I said, sure, I'd love to. And so I'm here, and I'm ready to go. Just to let you know, my wife, April, and I have four boys, and we started attending here about a, a little over a year ago. And we came as, as an invite. Somebody invited us here, and we sat about three-quarters of the way on that side. And we'd been searching for a church since we had moved up here to Clee Vegas, where they keep the lights on at least till 8 p.m. Boy, was that a shock for an Atlanta boy to go out to get milk at 8.15? You ain't getting milk, baby. You got to go to the Walmart to milk it yourself if you want milk around here after 8 o'clock. I'm like, Lord, where have I moved to? And so uh, we came at invite of Miss Jan Hall and sat in the back. And after visiting so many churches in the, in the area, Holy Spirit spoke to us and said, this is it. I said, well, all right, Lord. Just to let you know, I have been in student ministry for the better part of 20-something-odd years. I started in ministry back in 1996, and I've been doing ministry since then. This is the first time in my adult life that I have not been on staff at a church and held some sort of title or position. So it has been a great joy for me personally just to come in here every Sunday and serve in whatever capacity that I'm asked to serve at. And let me tell you something, it has been a great joy. And I'm not the only one who serves. So many of y'all serve every Sunday to make this happen and we thank you for that this morning. Amen. Y'all give a hand to all of our team this morning. Come on. I got my red towel, my red cup, my red shoes, and my Not Today Devil shirt on. So let's do this. Y'all ready? For the past couple of weeks, Pastor Mickey has been talking out of the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews declares that Jesus is superior to the prophets to the angels, and even to Moses. I have to ask, I'm one of those people, I'm combative, so I would ask, first thing, why is Jesus superior? And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, why Jesus is superior. I was supposed to preach out of Hebrews chapter 3, but I never made it past chapter 1. Don't tell Pastor Mickey that. Appreciate you. The Bible says this, that the Son, Jesus, radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he has cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Jesus is superior because he radiates God's glory and he expresses the very character of God. Now I'm going to tell you something. In this day and age, there's not a lot of people who understand who God is or who his character is. And let me tell you something. When life goes awry, you better be able to trust in the character of God. When one of your family members is put in the hospital and they don't know why or what's wrong with them, you better be able to trust in the character of God. Last Saturday, my father was rushed to the emergency room because his, he, his pulse dropped down to zero. And they rushed him to the emergency room. You better be able to trust in the character of God. 
Last Saturday afternoon, we got the news that my wife's precious friend from college had passed away from cancer. Let me tell you something. You better be able to trust in the character of God. When your bank account's empty, when life throws you for a curveball, when your hair won't lay flat, you better be able to trust in the character of God. Amen? And a lot of people nowadays don't understand God's character. That's why they don't serve him. And when people have a gap in knowledge, this is what I find people do about a person, place, or thing, they'll usually fill in the blank with their imagination. In fact, when left to ourselves, we will create our own reality instead of moral beliefs to justify just about any human behavior. But the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Its end is the way of death. Step out your door right now, and it feels like we're living life in the wild. People act and react like animals. Right is wrong, and wrong is normal in 2020. We now live in an era of cultural construct. What do I mean by that? Everything can be defined and redefined at will in order not to offend anyone and make us all feel better about ourselves. In other words, life is now defined by culture and the society in which we live. Government, race, gender, femininity, masculinity, illness, marriage, family, organized religion, technology, deviant behavior, and education is now being, all being redefined by culture. We are living life in the new age where God is self and self is God. Truth is now arbitrary. What does that mean? It's based on random choice or personal whim rather than reason. America, if you turn on the TV nowadays, feels like a dark and a confusing place. The name of God can no longer be spoken in the public square. Saying God bless you is now somehow offensive. People and businesses are being targeted and attacked just because they believe in the Bible and traditional marriage. Science is tossed out the window and true religion is being banned. History books are being rewritten. Historical figures are being judged and sentenced by the court of public opinion. Climate change seems to be the new religion. We now live in a time where we assign the human condition and human characteristics to an almighty God. Controlled by our feelings and our flesh, we treat God as if he approves of this type of behavior. The foundations of truth are being torn down and rebuilt in man's own image. We have brought God all the way down to our own level of humanity and assigned human emotions to him as if he's one of us. In American culture, God is dead, and we've buried him alive. The good news is this. No matter what our cultural dictates or the whims of our society, God is and he can be known. Come on, somebody. You don't have to fill in the blanks with your imagination. You can know God and be known by him. Let me say that again this morning. If you're here, you can know God and be known by him. You can know God, the one who first loved you, and the only God that's worth loving. You can know the character of God. Character defined is simply this. The traits that form one's individual nature. The sum of the individual qualities. It's important for one to contemplate the character of God, because the sum of God's attributes, his nature, his qualities, 
are not human. We're human, but God is much greater. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 2.16, who can know the Lord's thoughts? And who knows enough to teach him? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, for my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Can I get an amen? Isn't that a good thing? Says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But still, as human beings, I love how we try to bring God down to our own level and place him on our plane of reality. <laughs> our plane of reality is made out of paper compared to God's sonic breaking boom plane of existence. Wrapped up in our own world and in our own worldview, we are blinded to who God is. Many times we're blinded by our own preconceptions. We're blinded by our own prejudice. When in reality, we couldn't be further from the truth. We don't see things clearly because we've bought in to social and cultural lies. We want to see what we believe to be true. We've fallen prey to our own mental propaganda machine that's broadcasting in our minds. Propaganda simply means this, information of a biased or misleading nature used to promote or publicize a particular point of view. We've fallen prey to our own mental propaganda machine broadcasting in our own minds. We've fallen victim to our own point of view, our prejudices, and our preconception. And let me tell you something. It becomes so dangerous when we begin to believe our own lies and then allow those lies to become the foundation on which we build our lives. Let me say that again. It becomes so dangerous when we begin to believe our own lies and then allow those lies to become the foundation on which we build our lives. As somebody who builds a little bit, I understand that there is a measurement. This is a simple tape measure. I'm sure everybody in here owns one. May not be as expensive as this one. But I know that I can use this tape measure and based upon its measurement, I can build a house. My friend Scott over here, he builds houses. Knows much more than I do about a lot of things. The crazy part is I can also work with Scott to help him build his house with little communication because we both use the same standard of measurement. But we live in a day and age now where we want to change the standard of measurement because this is somehow offensive. We walk up to somebody and we say, no, absolute truth is simply this. That's one foot, six inches. No, sir. That's three feet and whatever I want it to be. Uh, okay, man, you want to build your life that way, build your life that way. I'm going to tell you this. When you're done, it's going to look like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory done built your house. Can I tell you something? Jesus Christ is the standard by which everything is measured from. Jesus Christ is the standard by which we measure truth. Without Jesus Christ, there is no standard of measurement for truth. 
Without Jesus Christ, and you take Jesus out of the picture, man doesn't know what truth is, and we're lost to our own imagination. We're lost to our own deviant behavior. Take away the standard that is Jesus Christ. We don't understand what love is. We don't understand joy. We don't know peace. We don't know what it is to have communion with God when you remove Jesus Christ as a standard of measurement. But we now live in a world of cultural construct where our society is telling us anything could be anything. That's not the standard of truth. Jesus is the standard of truth. And you can choose to live however you choose. But let me tell you, you and I will both stand before God Almighty one day. You see, when we begin to subvert the standard of truth, when that happens, truth becomes relative. But let me tell you something. God's truth is not in proportion to our way of thinking. The Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. You see, Jesus is truth, and Jesus is life. In Exodus 3.14, the Bible says, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. In other words, God is reality. God's existence created reality. Why should we serve and follow a God that we bring down to our own level of humanity? Why should we serve or follow a God that we bring down to our own level of humanity? I've noticed in our culture that we ascribe more value to ourselves than we do to God. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, not real. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's only a picture of reality. What we want others to perceive to be real. Are you kidding me? My little picture on Facebook? I'm at Disney World. I don't wake up every Monday at Disney World. I don't get to go to Disney World every day of my life. I get to go to Disney about every decade. And then I get there and I'm lost and I'm broke. Last time I went out, I was wet. It was raining. Wouldn't stop raining. But do you think I left the Magical Kingdom? I don't think so. It was going to be magical whether I was wet or dry, baby. But we have all these tools of propaganda. And it's just another way to self-promote and propagate the lie because we're our own little gods who serve ourselves rather than the one true God. And we bow down, listen to me, to created things rather than the creator. The Bible says this in Romans 19, 21, 22, and 25. The Bible says they, talking about us, know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. Yes, they know God. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Fill in the blank. And as a result, their mind became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. They traded the truth of God for a lie. And they worshiped and served things God created instead of the creator himself who's worthy to be praised. And sometimes I look at Christians and I think to myself, what are you doing? 
You're worshiping the almighty dollar. You're worshiping the phone. You're worshiping this, the football game. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not against those things. Everything has a place in this world. But things get out of proportion, and we begin to blow it up, and it becomes more important than the people around us. Look, I'm, I'm just as guilty. My boys will tell you, it's easy for me to come home from work, take a shower, go find my chair, grab my iPad, turn on the news, turn it down just enough to where it's noise in the background, and if there's something interesting, I'll look up and surf my iPad till dinner time. And I began to realize there's all these bodies walking around me. Those are all the children that we, you know, had. I have to put it down sometimes and go, oh, yeah, I'm not the only person in the room. I've got to disconnect. I've got to sever this need. I have to connect to my family. I have to connect to, to who God is. I've got to get out of this propaganda machine broadcasting in my mind. I've got to tune into something that means something. I've got to tune into something that's going to change somebody's life and not just my own. I've got to tune in to the character of God. I've got to tune in to, to his glory. Like Jesus, I've got to begin to radiate the glory of God. I've got to begin to express the character of God in my home and in my family and to my children and to my wife and on Paul Huff. I have to radiate God's glory right there just before you go under 75. Radiate God's glory. Express his character. I just think to myself, they've got a Chick-fil-A and a Shane's. If the Home Depot was down here, I'd never have to go past the freeway. Can you believe that? I want to give you 18 characteristics of God. I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to go through them really quick. Because I know as soon as I said that number, you thought I'm checking out. I don't want you to check out. There's a book out there on the characteristics of who God is. I would tell you the name of the book. Ask my wife. I don't remember. All I know is I got the notes and I copied them. Here we go. You ready? Let me tell you about the character of the God I serve. He is wisdom. Number one, he is wisdom. And in other words, God makes no mistakes. That's the God I serve. He is infinite. God knows no boundary. He is limitless. He is sovereign. God has supreme power and supreme authority. He is holy. There is absolutely no sin or evil thought in God at all. He is Trinity. Although God reveals himself in three persons, God is one and he cannot be divided. He is omniscient. God is all-knowing. God knows everything, and his knowledge is infinite. He is faithful. Everything that God has promised will come to pass. He does not lie. He is love. God is love. God's love is not a love of emotion, but a love of promise. He is the standard by which love can be measured. He is omnipotence. God is all-powerful. God is infinite. Therefore, he possesses infinite power. He expands no energy 
that must be replenished. Think about that. God expands no energy that must be replenished. He is omnipresent. God is everywhere at all times. He is self-existent. God says, I am the, the, the one who always is. God is no beginning. He is no end. He just exists. Nothing else in the universe is self-caused, only God. This is a difficult concept for our minds since everything else that we encounter comes from something other than itself. He is self-sufficient. God has life inside of himself. All other life in the universe is a gift from God. He has no needs, and there is no way that he can improve. To God, nothing else is necessary. He is justice. God is just. He does not conform to some outside criteria. He is immutability. God never changes. He is mercy. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God's compassion. It will never end since it's a part of God's very nature. He is eternal. God has always been. Time is his creation. God is goodness. God is kind and benevolent and full of goodwill toward men, even when we don't deserve it. God is gracious. God enjoys giving great gifts to those who love him, even when we don't deserve it. This is a description of who God is. This is the character and essence of God. This is a God that is worth serving. This is a God that is worth following. All other ideas about God are from the imaginations of mankind. God is not human, and he cannot be brought down to our feeble level of humanity. His thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. He is higher in every aspect of reality, y'all. God's truth is not in proportion to our way of thinking. His truth is not relative because God is truth. Everything in this universe is in considered in relation or into proportion to something else. Let me say that again. Everything in this universe is considered in relation or proportion to something else. Let me tell you something this morning. He is the something else. God is the something else. You cannot have proportion without him. He is the standard by which humanity reaches for, whether they admit it or not. Humanity and all of its pride boiled down wants to be like God. But humanity, y'all, is not worth serving. My imagination of who God is is not worth serving. Only the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is worth serving. Only the God of Moses is I am. That's the character of the God that I serve. That's the character of the God that I know. That's the standard that I've grown up with. When the world seems bleak, when the bank accounts run dry, when the mortgage is due, when my kids are sick, when my father's rushed to the hospital, when life seems like it's spiraling out of control, 
Well, my spouse is so sad that she spends most of her day crying because she's in a mourning over her friend. <laughs> a beautiful young lady who passed away much too early. When I have no idea what's going on in my life and when I can't see past my nose, I have to rest in the character of the God that I serve. I have to realize that he knows me, that he made me, that he loves me. He has the best intentions for me, that he loves my family, he loves my boys, that his Holy Spirit inhabits every one of them. I have to rest in the fact that every student that I've ever had the opportunity and the joy to speak into their life, that God is there, even though I'm no longer there with them. I have to rest in the fact that when you and I separate from each other today and we go about our separate ways, that the same God who's with me is the same God who's with you. And the same God who saved me, who heals me, who delivers me, who comforts me, is the same God who can heal, deliver, comfort you. People say, I don't understand why did this person die at such a young age. Why? I don't understand either. But I can rely upon a God who does understand. I can rely upon a God who has everything in the palm of his hand, who owns time, who's infinite, who's omniscient, who's omnipresent, who's all-powerful, who's justice, who's mercy, who's love. And I don't have to worry about today, and I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about the fact that everything that I used to have and all the stuff is gone. Now I just live in a rental house down the street. <laughs> I don't have to worry about the fact that I have no idea where the next job's coming from, where the next paycheck's coming from. We got to get a hold of this. We got to get a hold of his character, y'all. <laughs> that mental propaganda machine in your mind that says, nobody likes you, nobody loves you, God doesn't love you, God, that's a lie. I can never be joyful. I can never have peace. I can never know what it is to love. That's mental propaganda. You can know the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace. You can know the one who brought joy ha, into this planet over 2,000 years ago. You can know this God. Maybe you're here this morning, you're saying, Bobby, you don't understand what I'm going through. <laughs> I 
See, I don't know who this message is for, but you're going to get it this morning. <laughs> I believe it. I was sick all December. Got to feeling better. I was sick again this week. Went to work on Friday. My ear popped. I can hear, hardly hear out of my left ear. I'm literally speaking to you right now, and I, it's hard for me to feel what I'm saying. All these things have been happening, and I'm going, God, what is going on? I've only been asked to speak once. What is all the spiritual warfare about? Who is this for? And God said, you're going to talk about the, my character. You better start trusting it even more. You better start walking in it even greater. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to experience other talks, visit us at crcconline.com.